0: Welcome to Crest, in partnership with Elusive, producer Dodge with a bonus episode in addition to our usual release, which will be coming out on the first Tuesday of each month. As you may or may not have seen already, Rob and Tom were both fortunate enough to make their debuts as World Surf League renter gobs at this year's Boardmaster Surfing Festival in Newquay, Cornwall, after the event was given World Qualifying Series status once again. On their return from Newquay, the boys delivered me the mother of all audio processing jobs to get this up to the normal standard you expect from us. But to be fair, they didn't do too badly considering they were recording in a Perspex cabin during the hottest week of the year with their own voices blasting out of the beach PA only a couple of metres away. What follows is a special Crest Live, which Rob, with the help of Callum Thomas, did on Saturday afternoon while the juniors were on hold for a few hours waiting for the tide to bottom out. Rob and Cal were able to do a series of quick-fire interviews which went out live to the crowd on the beach, and we were able to record the lot. We captured a huge range of characters who are on hand in the competitors' area, such as Ben Skinner, Alice Barton, Joel Grey, Gerridge McDade, to name but a few, as well as the perennial crest favourites, Logan and Pat. We've simply uploaded the whole broadcast here, but if you want to pick out specific guests, they are time-stamped in the show notes. There'll be another Boardmasters special to follow for our usual episode on the first Tuesday of September, which will feature a huge list of UK juniors, which we were fortunately able to record in a less hectic environment. So anyway, here it is, Crest in partnership with Elusive, live at the Boardmasters.
1: Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the speakers. Welcome to day four of the Boardmasters 2022. We are still on hold for the Javianus Junior event, however, for the next half an hour or so, you'll be hearing from me and my compatriot Callum Thomas, welcome to the booth, Callum. Hi Rob. And some notable guests from around the contest. we're in a booth and, unfortunately, we've got a bit of an echo. We can hear our voices twice. So, if there's some odd delays, bear with us. We're just getting used to it. But we're going to try and entertain you by interviewing, like I say, some of the competitors from around the contest scene. And I'll leave it to Callum to introduce our first guest.
2: Uh, we've, got we've got Irish surfer, surfer. Garoge How uh, Hi, you man Hello, how are you? uh, thanks for having me on (laughs)
1: it's an absolute pleasure and I should also point out that although we're broadcasting to the beach this is also going to be recorded and chopped up and edited and put out as part of the Crest podcast series so you can find that in all your usual podcast locations whether it's on Apple, Spotify, YouTube goodness knows what else I'm sure you can find it if you type in that's Crest podcast we've got lots of uh, episodes in the back catalogue bringing you uh, interviews with some British surfers of note and some international surfers of note as well. It started as a bit of a lockdown project and it's grown from there. So plenty to keep you entertained on the long drive home wherever that may be too. So, I'll take it away Callum, let's interview G-Man. So,
2: Gareth, how has your event been in the WSL QS? Uh,
3: This contest was um, (coughs) It was pretty fun, the waves were pretty small, but uh, we were lucky to get what we got. It was, could have been, it was looking like it was going to be flat the whole time, uh, unfortunately I lost out a bit earlier than I would have liked, but um, yeah, it
1: was good
3: fun and yeah, happy to be here for it.
1: Interesting there that you say the surf was better than what we were expecting in the first place. Thursday night, Tom and I were commentating up in the booth, and we were blown away by the level of surfing, it's particularly in semi-final number two. The level of surfing was... Exceptional. And actually, I'm just glancing down to the LED screens at the foot of the commentary tower. You can find those to the right of the Board boardmaster's bar as you look back from the ocean towards land. And the highlights of the past couple of days are on the screen now, so if you want to go and see what you've missed out on over the past few days, if you've only just arrived, you can certainly do that. We have had some exceptional conditions on offer. and. Callum, you mentioned about the, it being a WQS event, a WQS 1000 event. The WQS as part of the WSL, World Surf League, has returned to the Boardmasters for the first time in a few years. And I've got a question for you, G-Man. What, the, the real buzz about the event, does the WSL presence increase the stakes and the profile of the event? Because the Boardmasters, of course, is a brand in its own right and a, a fantastic celebration of surf and ever more so music about the festival. But what does the WSL bring to it that it perhaps doesn't have when they're not here?
3: Yeah, Boardmasters has always been a massive event. I've come to a few times when it, before it was a WSL event, and it's always been a great time, good times up the festival and great contests they always put on, but having the WSL part of it and a QS just kinda, I suppose, raises the level you have, it brings more international surfers over for it, and um, yeah, it's, it's great for the juniors here around to see all those, uh, the more international surfers who's
1: going to push their surfing on as, as things go. Well, do you know what? That's really interesting that you say that because that's going to be part of my next question. You, of course, are a seasoned vet of the tour at the young age of how old are you, now? Uh, 25 now. At 25, you've been on tour for quite some time, travelling around the world doing all these international contests. And you touched upon the, the importance of local surfers and junior. British surfers seeing these amazing athletes up close and personal and often competing against them. That's got to be hugely inspirational for these young guys, right?
3: Yeah, it's great for all the juniors around here and um, there's, there's nothing better than competing with people that are better than you. It's going to push yourself and so that's kind of the main thing that you want to be doing when you're a junior. Uh, so having everyone here is great and be great to uh, hopefully get a couple Irish Juniors to come over maybe next year and get them to do compete in the contest and
1: help push their surfing as
3: well. It'll be great to see.
1: Of course, I mean, our interested in, in British and Irish and European surfing. The more of these events, the better for all of our surfers. And I've got a, one or two final questions for you. We mentioned this morning on the commentary uh, as the junior events taking place this morning. Although conditions aren't what we probably hope for in an ideal world, it's still pretty contestable. And we're looking back at the LED screens now where the priority system has been in play uh, throughout the morning, and with the live commentary, the updates for our surfers, how important is it for the young surfers to experience that at such an early age? Because it's such an important part of professional surfing and surfing at a higher level. Other countries in Europe, your France's, your Spain's, your Portugal's, they have access to this on a much more regular basis, right? There's more events taking place in those countries, so how important is it for our young surfers to experience that? It's one of the most important things, the way all competitions
3: are now, the priority is such a big part in it, and to have them get used to it and know what it's about and how to use it properly when they're young, and then by the time they're getting older into the proper QS, it's like, not second nature to them, and it's yeah, it's great that they can get access to it from a
1: young age and yeah, get used to it. Amazing stuff. Great insights there from G-Man, and I'm going to leave Callum to close this one out with a. It's going to be a bit of a, a common question. We're going to ask this to everybody, and we're going to have varying answers, I'm sure, depending on when somebody's been knocked out of the contest and also their age. So Callum, take it away. So,
2: being a big wave slab for yourself, G-Man. What have been your highlights of Born Masters? Has it been the surf or the music? Uh,
3: to be honest, the surf hasn't been too much of a highlight. I, I was struggling when it was pretty small. and um, went up to the music festival last night. It was That was a lot of fun. Pretty great music, everyone cruising about. And then, yeah, I suppose the highlight of it was uh, probably losing my phone last night and walking home and some girls had found it and given it to Pat and yeah, it was in my
1: in my bed waiting for me when I got home Fantastic, so (laughs) just when you think all is lost a little moment of redemption you get your phone back, fantastic well, we'll bid you adieu G-Man thanks for joining us in the booth and we'll uh, look forward to catching up with you later on in the day, in the meanwhile we've got Sam Hearn Hearn joining us in the booth thanks G-Man thank you you. (laughs) interesting there Cal G Man saying that the, the getting his phone back has been his highlight so far. I'm hoping to hear some more about the surfing because we've certainly had some fantastic surf going on so far in the BF Goodrich Longboard Pro events and also in the animal
2: yeah, WPS 1000s. Uh, up next, we got Sam Hoon, an uh, English surfer and absolute ripper who spends most of his time in Portugal.
4: Yeah, most of my time. Spent all my winter in Portugal and this winter I spent four months in Indonesia as well. Score some good waves. Uh, so you're, you're in
1: fine fettle and I've got to say, Sam, you're looking good in the, in the contest this morning. Small conditions, but you're one of the surfers making the very most of them, posting some really, really big scores. And I noticed you're riding the, the board, I think it's got a black deck uh, yeah, on yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had my eye on that all week. It looks like it's really enjoying the small conditions. <laughs> yeah. Not much rocker, plenty of float. Talk us through that one.
4: Yeah, it's good. Good board for small waves. It's like the only board you need to bring down to the beach. There's no doubt about it for these conditions. And you just got to Take it pretty easy, pump and get one turn in and they're rewarding you this morning. So Sam, you
1: surfed twice in the event so far today, haven't you? Yeah. You surfed in the first, the, what was the, ultimately the end of the first round and then straight into round two. Some of our surfers had already got through round one earlier in the week when we ran on Wednesday. So I proposed to a few people that surfing this morning gave those surfers a bit of an edge in round two because they were used to the conditions, you had an idea of tactics and strategy. Did surfing this morning play any part in your strategy going into round two?
4: Yeah, 100%. Uh, got used to the conditions and seen what the judges were liking and what they weren't liking, and then you could really utilise that. Whereas the guys at Sight on Wednesday, they were straight in the deep end and just had to go with the flat conditions pretty much and just work with it.
1: Interesting stuff. Well, you are certainly going well in both first and second rounds, uh, Sam. I'm going to pass over to Cullen now, whilst we, we talk more about the event as a whole, more widely?
2: Right? Yes, yeah, I'm living in Portugal and surfing with the high standard surfers most of the year. Coming to a WQS in the UK, massive thing, and it's going to bring everyone's level higher and push everyone. Are you enjoying the fact
4: that it is a WQS event? Yeah, definitely. I think it's good for boardmasters having all the Europeans coming in. Uh, loads of Frenchies turned up, a few Portuguese, and they're ripping in these conditions. And it's good to see that they brought it back to a QS. It's definitely better for Nuki and boardmasters itself, bringing a bigger crowd, that's for sure. Uh,
1: Now you mentioned the crowd, Sam, and in addition to the the atmosphere, has been amazing for all of the surfers, particularly come high tide when North Fisher turns into somewhat of an amphitheater, the baying crowd on the shoreline cheering for their favourite surfers, often it's been the local uh, surfers that we've had the most noise for. Mm -hmm. How does having not just that kind of elevated status of contest, but also everything that comes with it, the infrastructure, the use of the LED priority screens, the live updates, um, giving you information during your heat, what impact does that have on your contest experience?
4: Yeah, it's sick. It really gets you into, like, it's a proper event, this one. Uh, It's got all the, the best setup it can have, really. And with the crowd as well, it's good because normally the UK events don't attract too many people, just sort of the people that are there and supporting anyway. But this time you've got, well, so many people on the beach, it's crowded and there's so much going on, and it's pretty sick. It's a good event. Being a um, young seer for yourself, how important
2: is it getting on the WQS as young as you are? And how old are you, sorry?
4: Yeah, I'm 18. I think it's definitely good to get on it while you're young, get as much heat and experience as you can. Uh, Travelling to different spots as well really helps and every event's different so there's different strategies and techniques to each sort of event. And Going into this one it's pretty fun because it's official so much of my life so it's just like another event for me, which is sick. Now
1: we mentioned to G-Man earlier that it's the Boardmasters, it's always a really important day in the British surfing calendar, but it's been without WQS status or without any WSL involvement for a couple of years. What importance, I suppose, for British surfers is having that WSL influence and the kind of does it raise the stakes? Does it raise the profile of the event?
4: Yeah, definitely. I think there's more pressure on all the Nuki boys that normally do well and win the events because you've got these Europeans that really rip in the small conditions and there was definitely a bit more talk about how you're going into your heats this year, because there was a lot of good guys. Some pretty stacked heats already in round two, which was good to see.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the the stacked heats, Sam. I spoke to a few surfers after the heats earlier on the beach, and I asked them, being around all these surfers, does that elevate your surfing as well? Does Does it make you strive to do better in the contest? Perhaps, besides the contest, does it make you aspire to surf at a higher level? and seeing the likes of Yolanda Hopkins, Leon of uh, Olympians in Japan just last year, seeing those guys up close and personal and perhaps how they prepare and approach each heat, do you adapt anything that they do or borrow anything
4: from them? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's definitely good to surf with people that are better than you and a higher standard. Makes you push yourself. Whereas if you're just surfing with your mates, you're just cruising and just having fun, but if you're surfing with guys that are better than you, you're really maximizing your level of surfing. And seeing these guys, Leon and Yolanda, I've surfed them a few times in Portugal as well, and they're really good people to surf with. You learn a lot from these guys.
1: So Sam, you clearly travel quite a bit to compete around Europe, um, and um, the infrastructure that comes with such an event, the LED screens, we've mentioned it already, the live commentary, we're not all that used to it in British surfing, and it's so fantastic to have it at the Boardmasters, thinking as well, you're at the end of your junior career now, thinking back to when you were 12, under 12s, under 14s, under 16s, how useful is it to have experience here on your home break, or certainly in your home country, before you travel abroad and then contest using Priority, you can test using live updates.
4: Yeah, it's super useful, especially like this event today with the juniors, they've got super young guys and they're getting used to the Priority and how everything works and actually being able to hear the commentary in the water makes, it changes the heat round. If you can hear your scores, you can like use Priority way better so you know what position you're in and what the other guys are doing. But yeah, it's definitely good to do more events in the UK before you start going to the European level, because it's doesn't just drop you straight in the deep end you already know what's what's up.
1: No, it's it's been great to hear from you Sam and we we really appreciate your time. I've got one question before we send you on your way and welcome a new guest into the booth. And we're gonna like I've said in the, the last interview with G Man we're gonna ask this to everybody and I suspect a varying range of answers but what's been your highlight of the boardmaster so far? And I'm thinking about that entire shebang, not just the surfing. It could include the festival, it could be the
4: surfing. What's really tickled your fancy the last few days? Uh, I'd probably say the weather. <laughs> it's been sick. Seeing everyone on the beach, having fun after the festival. It's pretty quiet in the morning, everyone with hangovers, but like now it's going off and it's pretty busy. It's That's good to it. see everyone I, fun. Do you know what,
1: I looked over the beach this morning and there were a few people looking a bit ropey. I suspect feeling a little bit dusty after a visit to the, the festival last night. Well, we're gonna wish you well for the rest of the event, Sam, and thank you for your time. Before we welcome into the booth.
2: Welcome into the booth, Alice Barton, young European junior champion.
5: Hi, um, how's it going?
1: Do you know, I actually, I'm so pleased that you mentioned that, Callum. It would be remiss of us not to celebrate that. Yes, we are, in fact, joined in the booth by a freshly minted European champion, Alice, very, very quickly. You obviously are delighted with it, but has the honeymoon period worn off yet? Are you still glowing from that win?
5: Um. Yeah, definitely. It was like an awesome event. Um, everyone was surfing really well, and it was off the back of Pantin as well. Um, it was like a full family trip as well, we were all trekking in the van overnight to get down to my heat, um, but yeah, it was, a, it was an awesome event, I had really good fun and the outcome was great, so yeah, I'm really pleased with my performance there.
2: And just before that victory, you just took a second place in Pantin, the Spanish 1000 QS?
5: Yeah, that was another great event. Obviously went into the the uh, start of that season with no expectations. Just like I'd been coming back from France, I'd been training there for like one month and it was it was really good. I had a lot of experience with good surfers. So um, yeah, it was awesome. Um, went into that event and made a lot of my heats and surfed well and yeah, I was really happy <clears throat> with the outcome with that as well.
1: So Alice, the second in Pantin a solid posting here. Have you looked at the updated WSL WQS rankings? Do you know where you lie at the minute?
5: Yeah, I think um, I might have dropped down one place. I think I'm about third at the moment now. So yeah, still um, contending for the challenger and hopefully in the next three events. Um, I can push that back up. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the next couple of QS's in France.
1: Uh, yeah, so, uh, that's my next question. What is next on the calendar for you?
5: Um, yeah, so we're heading to uh, Lacanau tonight, actually. We've got a 10 o'clock ferry. Don't know where it's from, my mum booked it. Um, but yeah, it should be fun. Whole family's piling down, so it's always an adventure. Um, don't always get along, but it's all right. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be fun. It'll be great fun.
1: So Alice there you mentioned third on the QS and you're off to Lacanau now and I presumably you'll be doing the Onglet comp just after that. So a really busy fortnight coming up for you. Um, um, how important is it having experience on relatively home turf in WQS events before you travel over to Europe? Obviously you're well seasoned vet on the QS, you're doing exceptionally well, third in Europe at the minute. But for our younger surfers, perhaps just the fledglings in their in their surfing career, how important is it having experience of not just the infrastructure, the, the use of the LED priority screen, the use of the live updates, but seeing these amazing athletes that we've, we've had the pleasure of watching over the last few days up close and personal and surfing waves that we surf on a day-in-day-out basis?
5: Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, I've been in the game for like about five years now and. I grew up doing the UK Pro Surf Tour, um, which was such a great tour for like meeting other surfers and getting into the competitive environment. Um, obviously now, like in this event, there's been priority and lots of different situations for the younger guys to like um, get hold of. So it's, it's really good experience for them and going into like more events like Pro Juniors and stuff as they get a bit older, it's it's really beneficial and it's it, it really helps you in the long run. So I think it's great that, you know, we have these events so that, you know all the younger people can you know pick up stuff from some of the really professionals the guys on the tour
2: and also alice hanging around with the young uk surf you know team following the qs who um, who's inspiring you and keeping you going in these days of one foot surfing? Uh
5: definitely the usual crew. Uh Pat, Logan, my little brother Elliot, Callum, you as well. Um yeah, the crew is definitely pushing each other all the time. Um we actually had a surf yesterday in Pen Ale, which is good fun managed to combo the boys, which I was quite happy about, but um, yeah, no, it was um, it was good, it's, it's always good having a good group of guys from back home that are constantly pushing me, so um, yeah, I'm super happy to have them behind me as well.
2: Oh, awesome, yeah, you definitely did combo, especially me, and uh, I think Elliot was scratching after you then, but having an event like this, atmosphere on the beach, did you have any heats at the high tide with the, you know, the sun on you?
5: Yeah, definitely. My last heat in the quarters was the high tide. It's great to see the crowds on the beach as well. All the people coming down to watch. It just like really gives it such a great environment. And um, yeah, it was really good fun. And everyone's cheering you on. And it's yeah, everyone's having a good time. So yeah.
1: One one thing British sport fans are so good at is getting behind a local, isn't it? It's getting behind someone of the same nationality and cheering them on. And it's amazing, Alice. I've got to say to see a Brit doing so well on, on the WQS, it's, it's fantastic to see you. And before we let you go, because we've got another guest waiting to get into the booth, I'm gonna ask you, what is your highlight of the, the Boardmasters boardmasters so far? So we can think about anything, it could be music, it could be the surfing, whatever you please. Is there a particular moment from a heat, a wave um, you had?
5: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like surfing in the contest is like always really good fun and it's a good challenge against the girls as well because everyone's coming from different regions now. So it's like, it's awesome to have the European girls over here. But, um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed my last heat. Had a couple of good waves. But, um, yeah, probably my favourite thing is the chocolate the strawberries that you get for, like, £5.50.
1: Ah, the fondue tent. Fondue tent.
5: Yeah, so if anyone wants to uh, donate me £5.50 to get strawberries and marshmallows covered in chocolate, that would be great.
1: Well, I hope you've collected any prize money that you are, you are owed, Alice, and I'm sure you can afford a few strawberries and chocolate with that. We'll bid you adieu. Thanks for your time. I look forward to uh, following your progress in Lackanau and in Angleterre in coming weeks.
5: Brilliant, thanks guys.
1: Thanks Alex. Welcome to the booth.
2: We've got King coach Joel Grey. Alright lads,
1: how we doing? Am I holding this or you? I'll go on, I'll hold the mic for you. Callum, you take it away.
2: We're going to start by how has your event been so far coaching and how many guys have you been training for this event?
1: I'm, ju- I'm just going to jump in for a little aside here. So. Familiar to us, uh, Joel Grey, coach extraordinaire, but for those of you listening on the beach, this guy is uh, somebody that's been involved behind the scenes in the careers of many a British surfer, and I'm sure he will have lots of insight to provide us with, so so, I'm sorry to interrupt Callum, you uh, you take it away again.
6: Yeah, thanks, thanks guys. I'd um, pretty much me role in this event was more like leading up to it, did like quite a lot of work with a lot of the surfers, a bunch of the girls, the women and um, a few of the men and some of the juniors but actually in the event like I'm kind of mellow, I'm sort of more observing a little bit, I got a bit attached to Job Harris's run through the event so he was we did a lot of close work for many, many years, so yeah, I really enjoyed his run through that event. Bit of support for him. But other than that, kind of just on the sidelines, checking in how everyone's doing sort of thing. Not too active coaching at the event.
1: Okay, so it's a it's a, a pre event kind of thing, conditioning. Do you in addition to all the, the fitness kind of things, do you have a, an eye on the strategy and, and heat tactics that the surfers can employ?
6: yeah a little bit and you know the last sort of two weeks have been pretty intense like just doing stuff here at First World, trying to work out the banks like the holes there's a lot of holes in the banks like where you'd be certain stages of tide different conditions um, of course <laughs> nature surfing we didn't actually get any of these type of conditions to train in but you know just trying to get that stuff right and switching the heads on to things which in that short sort of scale like a week to go before the event the stuff that it should and could be Working on and concentrating on.
2: Uh, being a coach for a number of the British UK surfers, how important is WSL having an event here compared to the other countries?
6: yeah it's like honestly it's it's vital it's totally vital for like a whole load of reasons but just you know that whole concept of getting on the pathway and getting points it's 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 crucial that it's here it'd be a game changer if if there was like more points as well and it'd be a game changer if there was another one Highland Open or something else came back, you know, but it's really, really important, I think, to have a a WSL presence here, and um, even like this event, you know, the waves were like fairly, fairly small, but there was that one really good afternoon, but honestly, the vibes are super good, and it links in with the festival, and I hear just quite positive feedback from the Europeans that come over, which is one of the crucial reasons why it's important to have it.
1: Now you mentioned that the having the WSL uh, back here supporting this WQS event is important for a plethora of reasons. I'm going to try and pick that apart a little bit and I'm going to first touch upon some of the athletes that, we've, that this contest has attracted from across Europe and indeed the world. So we have uh, two Olympians in Yolanda Hopkins in the women's event and Leon Glatzer in the men's event. How important is it for our young British surfers to see these? inspirational surfers and perhaps someone they could aspire to emulate in the coming years?
6: Yeah definitely Um, I mean Yolanda in particular obviously she got the the big result but I thought her surfing was exceptional and her like attitude and prep and you know all the surfers that are here in the comp area and the ones that are involved in the event they see that firsthand and i think it was the it's been a few long days but that good evening at the end on the thursday at the end like once it had finished you know within two minutes there was like a big flurry of a free surf session and i remember stood up here with a few of the surfers i think it was barnaby cox and he just looked out and was like this is really good to be able to see this
1: yeah, I, I spoke to a few of the surfers after their heat this morning. One of the things they mentioned, as part of the final question that we're going to ask you a little bit later on, is that they enjoyed being in the surfers' area, sitting along alongside, getting their lunches and they're, and they're drinking their water and listening to music ahead of their heats, next to people that they've watched in films for years. It's, it's got to be amazing. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about is the actual infrastructure of the event. So. It's uh, competing using the LED priority board, competing with the in-heat updates, something that is commonplace in high t- kind of higher status competitions, but perhaps something that lots of our juniors aren't so used to. How important is it for them to get a taste of that before they venture abroad and further afield to compete in ever increasingly higher stake um, events?
6: Yeah, definitely, and you know, the reality is that the taster shouldn't be in in this QS, but I think, am I right in thinking they did do some junior priority heat training on one of the days, which is... Um, yeah it's crucial you know because I do feel like the European peers a lot of their national events like not the WSL ones they do have exposure to that so they are experienced uh, in that and they've got the skills to deal with that sort of stuff they're used to looking at the boards and it is a different way of operating in the sea it's different decision-making it's different tactics and um, yeah it's just different so the more exposure our crew can get to that there we're
2: gonna finish off I just want to know what your Mm -hmm. highlight has been Um, I'm pretty sure that semi-final from Joe would probably be after
6: that. Yeah it was totally, I don't know if he's actually here to do but yeah that that heat was a was a really good one for a lot of aspects um you know pat and joe basically had a real big fight back and you you could tell that was sort of happening at the end of the heat there was good waves was good surfing and joe obviously got the result in that heat which um it's it's just brilliant when that happens through getting an opportunity and actually doing good surfing and the highlight was probably when he came back in the uh competitors area and he was all super emotional and it just you know this stuff sort of matters it matters if you put your heart into it put the work in and get results it's super good to see be a small part of
1: i'm so glad that, that you mentioned job's running the contest when we were doing the presentation on the podium yesterday seeing job up there standing shoulder to shoulder with these incredible surfers from across europe you must have been and I, I think as a member of the british surfing community i'm speaking now so so proud to see a brit standing up there on an equal footing with them
6: yeah definitely definitely um and i mean in that final it didn't go job's way but the beach was absolutely packed the tide was flooding in and there was people in like uh thigh deep water and if if he'd won off any brit had won in those sort of conditions of that that crowd environment it would have gone absolutely mental and then um, that is for sure going to spurred on definitely not just joe but like every, every other brit you know it's important just to do it
1: well, let's hope that we see um, that come to fruition in, in the many years that we hope the WQS, uh, WSL will join us with the WQS here. Thanks so much, Joel. Nice one, guys. Thanks for your time, mate. We're going to bring in a very special guest to the booth now. I'll let him take his seat. He received a rapturous applause after his final yesterday in the B.F. Goodrich Longboard Pro. Welcome to the booth, Ben Skinner. Thanks, Rob. How you doing, mate? Very well, thank you. We're enjoying, Cal and I are enjoying our chat with uh, some of the people around the festival site and around the contest site. So, Callum, I am going to let you kick off with this one. We've got a bit of a format that we're following in here, Ben. Okay. Because we're trying to get varying answers from a little t- We've had the coaches in, we've had some of the younger competitors in now. I'm sure you wouldn't mind me describing you as a seasoned vet. <laughs> and do you yeah. know what? We I don't know if you heard us in the commentary earlier, but Tom and I actually coined a phrase that included your name. Did you hear this? <laughs> I did hear that. I wasn't sure what it was. It, we that. couldn't decide, we'll let you... In fact, I think Tom even said we'll let you decide. For the Skinner stomp, or the Skinner squat, so it's referring to when somebody does a maneuver at the end of the wave off the white water to make sure that the judges are aware that they've ridden out of it. I know it's yesterday you get really low and you kind of force your board out in front of the white water, and I kind of I was impressed yesterday by how you kind of incorporated it into that no claim claim on the stand, the, 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 the uh, right back. So uh, which, which is it to be, the squat or the stomp? stomp? It's the Skinner Stomp, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> from the horse's mouth. So
2: Ben, you've been a coach and a competitor in this event, so how has it been doing both roles?
7: Oh, I love it, It's um, it's been, I mean this event's such a great event for our community, our surf community and the kids and everyone I think enjoys being here anyway, um, so to have People that we invest our time in and care about in the event as well, and, and try and help them through the event, is is like I enjoy it as much as competing. It's actually more nerve wracking, to be honest, but <laughs> it's easier to do it yourself.
2: And seeing the international surfers come over to compete in Fishbourne Beach, how is that for a level for the youngsters and people like yourself?
7: Um, amazing. I mean. Again, Joel touched on Yolanda's level and, and her approach to competing and how she deals with event space and, and actually how professional she is. I think um, there's a lot, a lot of people who like that in this event, the Marco Mignos, the Thomas Lede, you know, I think it's incredible for our kids to see that level of commitment and professionalism and, and that, you know, what that does when you're actually in a heat, how much difference that makes. So you'll be, of course, delighted
1: that the WSL have come back to the Boardmasters. The Boardmasters, of course, is an enormous event, come what may. Year on year on year, it's been around since God was a boy. But having that WSL involvement, does that elevate the importance of the competition in your eyes? Does it elevate the stakes for our
7: surfers? Definitely. I think on the QS level, on the men's and women's side, it's, um, it's a huge difference to the event i mean last year was incredible and we had a great level the level's amazing in england as we know now we're definitely pushing the boundaries in europe and joe making a final is just proof of that um but yeah i mean it's uh it's amazing to have wsl part of it i mean for the juniors having this level of event they don't get this opportunity to surf in front of crowds with priority systems scores being called out like that, that's a big deal for our kids and if, We want them to go on to the next level, this is what we have to do to provide them the knowledge that they need to go on and do that. We need events like this, at this level, on our home beaches that give them that platform. Now you, Ben, of course, have competed at the
1: very highest level um, across the world, and uh, using the priority system, having the in-heat announcements, From the perspective now, as not a competitor, but we're going to coach mode, put your coach hats on, and we're going to talk about your son, Lucas Skinner, who's having a great run in the Junior event at the minute. And may I say as well, during the the WQS event, everybody on the beach, I think, was rooting for him him in that one heat, and if only he'd stuck that one aerial, there's a very good chance that he was going to go through. How good is it, as a, as a father, as a coach, of one of these young surfers, seeing them competing against
7: these surfers that we've all watched on, on films and lots of the surfers idolize? It's so exciting. I mean, half of it is, is having belief that they can do it. And um, most of them have the talent. It's just having the belief and the motivation to go and do it. So I think the big result in Europe um, made a big difference to Lucas specifically and the other team members. That were obviously, you know, they competed at a high level and they won and they, they now believe that they can do it. And the others that are on the team that saw that also believe it's possible. And so, yeah, why not take it to the French and the Portuguese and the other high nations in Europe? And we should be at that level too, which we, we are definitely there.
1: Nice. I'm glad you touched upon this again. So your son, Lucas Skinner, only a few weeks ago became the under 16 European surfing champion. You must
7: be immensely proud and were you able to watch it online or were you there in person? Yeah, I was actually there, lucky enough to be there. And um, I've done so many of those events. I know what it takes to win those events. It's They're one of the hardest events to actually win. I think to make the final through the repertoire like Lucas did, he did 12 heats through the event, which is a lot, um, you know? So you learn a lot from those events, you take a lot from it, and it was just great to see then build confidence all the way through and at the end be on the podium at the top. You know, it was incredible to see, so we're so proud of them all and uh, yeah. Did you cheer him at the beach after, after that win? <laughs> no I didn't, no. I was too emotional, <laughs> nah, his friends did and it was, you know, that, that's what it's all about.
2: Uh, as
7: for you Ben, you're a
2: competitor on the WSL Longboard Tour coming away with a second in Australia and just competing in the US Open which is also a massive, massive worldwide event. What's next for the longboarding at all?
7: So we have the final event in Malibu in October and that's going to decide the world title for this year. It's a double pointed event so the other two events that happen were only worth 5,000 points and Malibu's going to be worth 10. So whoever wins that that's in that top five scenario is basically going to win the world title in Malibu in October. So, yeah, that's the goal.
2: I remember staying up last year to watch the Malibu event. You had a good result. What was it?
7: Um, I finished second last year in the Malibu event. And um, to Joel Tudor, who's been sort of one of my heroes and idols through through surfing. So it was one of the biggest um, results I've had. Um, And obviously, I love the wave itself. in, when you're in that event, you're surfing in one of the best waves in the world with one other person, so each heat, it's like, you want to get through just to surf again, with Malibu with one other person, it's one of the most crowded places on the planet, so um, managing to get through each heat just felt better and better and better, and, and obviously, you know, if you make the final, it's you've, you've maximized that opportunity, so it's... It's a special feeling. Now, you talked about surfing at Malibu, but Ben, from
1: our position in the commentary booth yesterday, I, I think the decibels rose to their highest level during your final. I think you are a massive draw here at, uh, at Vistral during the Boardmasters, of course, last year's champion, multiple champion at the Boardmasters. How exciting is it for you competing here on effectively home soil?
7: Oh, I love it. It's one of the best events, actually, that we do that I've been part of ever really you know it's um having an event of this size on your home beach with your friends your family and everyone you care about around you is, is there's kind of nothing better than that so it's it's real special for us and I think that's what's important um you know for the kids to to feel part of is that experience of competing on your home beach and dealing with that pressure as well you know there's there is a lot of pressure you know I've learned to enjoy that and actually use it and it gives me energy and the support that we get on the beach from this crowd is just amazing. I'm going to coin um, and borrow rather
1: a phrase coined by one of my favourite broadcasters Ellis James and he says that pressure is a privilege so with the privilege of competing in front of your
7: home crowd comes that pressure but surely that spurs you on as well. Yeah absolutely I mean obviously we just want to put on a show for everyone and anyone who paddles out there wants to surf to their best of their ability and, and if you don't then it's kind of hard to deal with that. Um, and I think that's the pressure of just not performing and and that's a hard thing to, to do but if you can just go and enjoy yourself and know that this is your home beach, you know, we know it better than the most of the Europeans so we've got to try and take that advantage and roll with it, you know. So insightful. And then- I think we've taken up enough of your afternoon. I thank you for spending
1: so long with us in the booth and giving us such insights from the perspective of not only a competitor and former champion here, but as the coach and father of someone who's still on a run in the event and will be hopefully serving sometime this afternoon. Before we let you go, I'm going to ask for your highlights so far in this year's Boardmasters.
7: Well, um, there's been a few. I mean, I have to say for me, seeing Lucas make the quarterfinals for me was, was a big deal. And the fact that he was so close, you know that moment at the end where he didn't make that air, even though it didn't happen, it was it was one of the most exciting moments for me. Um, so yeah, that would be my highlight. Yeah, that was a breathless heat, wasn't it? Cause it wasn't just one; there were like
1: wave after wave. There were two yeah. consecutive ones, weren't there? And I think if he'd landed either or any of them, it was going to be even tighter than it
7: was come the end of it. Absolutely, it was amazing to see a couple of those high high guys, you know, on the back foot, like kind of scared of what he could do on the next wave. And, Put pressure on him at the end, and, and I think that shows that that you know that, that it's there. It's just a matter of time.
1: Absolutely, and uh, well, he's certainly making his mark on the event here, and, and lo- all the competitors that have shown up, and hopefully, and like, no doubt about it, we'll be seeing him on that podium in the not too distant future. We hope so too. Radio, thanks very much for your time, Ben. We'll leave you go. Thanks, guys. Okay, well, I'm going to welcome to the booth now, Lauren Sandland, and now Lauren, you were of course one of uh, one of the finalists in the junior. Uh, event last year. Yeah. Are, are you still going in, in today's event?
8: Uh, yeah, um, they haven't started any of the girls' junior heats yet, but hopefully if the waves get any better on the push, maybe they might start running them.
1: You know what? As soon as you started speaking, now, I realized what a silly question it was. I've been, I've been talking too much all day, I've been commentating, and I'm fully aware that there's no uh, Junior Girls event underway yet. But like you say, once the time turns, we are very hopeful of a restart to get, uh, to, get to see you guys surfing. We'll jump straight into matters. We're here in the surfers area where over the past few days we've seen some of the, the great and the good of European surfing. Some huge names from across the WSL w, WQS series. The likes of Yolanda Hopkins in the women's draw. The likes of Marco Mignot, Thomas Lede in the men's draw. How important and inspirational is it for you as an up-and-coming surfer in the UK getting to see these guys up close and personal? Not just in the water but hanging out with them in the surfers area.
8: Yes, really good Just to be a part of the competition with such great surfers about, and see how they surf like um, these waves, and like just looking up to them like on the beach and everything.
1: And aside from the surfers, that obviously an event of this calibre and this importance attracts. How important is it for you as, a, and again, an up-and-coming surfer in the U.K., getting to experience the level of infrastructure that comes with such a huge event? So the in-heat updates, the priority board in use, you're getting a taste of events that don't often visit U.K. shores. Hopefully, we'll get more and more as the U.S. progress, but it's something that European surfers and surfers from Australia and America get to experience on a much more regular basis. How important is it for your development as a, as a competitive surfer to... To have these experiences?
8: Oh, it's really important to have more experience with priority just so when you're if you compete aboard you just know what you're doing a bit more and have a bit more experience so you can give yourself the best opportunity to like surf the heats well as best you can.
1: Now we talked about competing abroad, I'm told Lauren that you didn't go to the, the Worlds last year, was it this year, because you were um, taking your GCSE exams, is that right?
8: Yeah, I had to turn down the offer as it was right in the middle of my exams, but was able to compete in the Euros earlier this year.
1: Yeah, so um, I think you made the, the wise choice there, unfortunate unfortunate timing no doubt, but you had you got to have a run at the Euros and how was it? Again going to compete abroad against such talented surfers from across Europe?
8: It was just a really good experience and I learnt loads competing with great surfers and another good chance to compete with priority and against um, the best surfers in Europe.
1: Now I, I won't ask you how you got on uh, in GCSEs at other earth, uh, if the results have come in yet? Not yet. Not yet. quite yet, we don't know. It's been a while since I've done my GCSEs, so I can't remember when the results were, but I'm told that next year you are um, hoping to study at A-level, Maths,
8: yep. PE and Chemistry? Biology.
1: Biology, I stand corrected, I beg your pardon. And is that at a, at a football academy I'm told, or is it yeah. part of that?
8: Uh, they do a women's football academy and where you can just, there's lots of matches and opportunities around the country and also meeting lots of new people.
1: So, I have to forgive my uh, ignorance here, so as part of that football academy, presumably you have some great talent in football as well, in order to attend a football academy. Who organised that, who runs it, what's it part of?
8: Uh, it's just the part of the Truro College, because they have got so many academies around there, and it just like provides more opportunities for the people going to college there.
1: Fantastic, so it's in the local area and you'll be uh, taking part in that, presumably, come September. So a, a busy autumn for you, no doubt, as part of the contest season as well. It really starts to kick off throughout September and October. Is there anything in the calendar that you're looking forward to? Uh,
8: yeah, I've just entered the La Torch Junior event in, at the start of September, so hopefully I'll be able to compete in that. And in the October half term, we're looking at a trip to Ireland,
1: Fantastic. So the, the La Toche uh, Junior event is, of course, in the north of France, um, and I know quite a few of the, the juniors that are competing in this event today will also be there. We're going to speak to a few of them in a, a little while. I know you, you don't want to stay in the boot too long. You've got, you've got surfing to get done, I'm sure. Preparations for your heat, no doubt. But before we let you go, I'd like to ask you, what has been your highlights of the Board Masters so far?
8: Uh, just being able to surf with such great competition and it's just a really big opportunity for everyone around you.
1: That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Lauren. We'll let you get um, back to whatever it is you're doing out there, preparing for your heat. Yeah. And uh, we wish you well in the rest of the event. Thanks very much. Thank, Thank you. you.
2: So joined in the booth we've got Scottish surfer Mark Boyd.
9: How are you doing Colin? you fine?
2: Yeah, not too bad, enjoying the sun, been a good week. How's your week been with the contest and enjoying the time down here in Newquay?
9: Yeah, enjoying the time, didn't do so well in the contest but been enjoying the sunny weather here and uh, it was woolly jumpers and 12 degrees when I left home and then it got gradually warmer as I drove down the road and I can't believe the heat really.
2: Uh, layers coming down each um, each four hours you're taking a layer off on the way down how many hours does it take to get from where you live in Thurzo to Newquay?
9: Uh, it's about a 14 hour drive-ish I mean by the time you stop for a Couple of bites to eat and a little bit of a rest. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's a fair hike.
2: Do you happen to come down here often?
9: I come down come down every year and do the boardmasters. Good catch up with everyone and um, surf some beaches down in lovely Cornwall and enjoy the festival as well a wee bit.
2: So having it as a WQS this year, how important is that compared to it being the? UK Pro other events
9: the past few years. Yeah, I mean for the guys that are looking to try and get on the challenger series, your guys like Pat and Garwood and these guys, it's a really good opportunity for them. To, um, yeah, compete here and um, yeah, get some of those points to.
2: Uh, Coming from where you live in Scotland, some of the people on the beach are probably not too sure on where you live, you live in the most northern point of the UK pretty much and the surf up there is pretty cold, how do you bear with?
9: Yeah, you just got good wetsuits these days and staying warm it helps when you've got a nice hot shower close by to where you're going surfing and uh, and getting in and out of the wetsuit and the shower is the key I think. (laughs) Now, Callum just mentioned that the
1: <coughs> Ford Masters event is, is once again uh, a WQS event sanctioned by the WSL. Earlier on, I think it was Garage maybe, mentioned about the, the Highland Open that used to take place up in Thurso. of course, being a WQS event. Do you wish to see it back? As my first question, as a, as a local surfer in Furzo. is it important for you, your development as a surfer, and certainly some of the younger surfers coming through now? Once again, I've been calling this uh, a few people this all morning. I'd say a season, but I think it'd be fair to say, um, how important is it for the young surfers? From Scotland to see those people up close in person. Of course, we got Craig in the event, Craig McLaughlin, and he's been competing feverishly all week against some of these guys. But he's had to make a long track down. You said it's fourteen hours. So it's a hefty drive. How, how much would you like to see those guys
9: visit you in Thurso for the benefit of all the local young surfers? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a hotly debated topic at the time when the QS first came to Thurso. Obviously, Thurso wasn't maybe quite on the radar as it isn't people's radar now and it was uh, yeah it was debated whether it would be a good thing or a bad thing obviously it brings crowds with it when that kind of exposure comes but personally it was amazing to see some of the world's best surfers on the waves that we surfed all the time it really kind of, over like the course of the years that followed the qs like having seen the likes of Dane reynolds and john john and Sonny garcia and all these guys it was uh, really pushed the level and you could kind of see what you were supposed to be doing on the waves uh, we were just kind of making it up as we went along before that and then um, yeah so for the younger guys it would be a great opportunity
1: now you made a fascinating point there you said seeing what you were supposed to be doing on the waves. so seeing you mentioned in, in a breath there john john florence two-time world champion you mentioned sonny garcia one-time world champion you mentioned dane reynolds still my personal favourite surf one of the the hottest free surfers in the world did you see them taking a different approach to what was being done on the wave on a day in day out basis
9: yeah one that we had our Scottish Nationals at the bowl which was a little slabby wave just um, to the west of Thurzo and one of the people that stick out in my mind was Nathan Hedge on his backhand at the bowl really good conditions clean barreling conditions and he made it to the final and he was the only person that well he won the contest in the end but he got all the way there without getting tubed and he was just doing vertical snaps and that was basically the point of difference in that event and um, I've, I've watch that old footage all the time before I go and surf the bowl, because it was uh, yeah, it was the first time I'd ever really seen someone kind of surf it like that in their backhand and that was pretty inspiring for me, uh, being a goofy footer.
2: So coming down to Newquay once a year or a couple of times a year, how, is it, how good is it to see the infrastructure and the priority boards and contests speaking to you in the water and all that going on, how is that for you being in the water?
9: I mean live scores and priority and um, having all this crowd on the beach and the set up here is uh, quite amazing really and adds a little bit of extra pressure to people I guess but uh, compares to the grassroots contests that we maybe have going on around the country so yeah this is a big event and a big deal for people, it's a good platform and stage.
1: Now Mark, you, you mentioned that you didn't have your best ever in, in the contest. I'm going to blame the water being a bit too warm for you. I'm just going to put it out there that maybe you're used to surfing in a wetsuit and... I'm just trying to find something for you here, but I'm looking at your arm and I can see a few stamps from uh, some of the uh, drinking establishments. <laughs> out there, out the, the county, um, and you've got your festival wristband on. What's been your highlight of Boardmaster so far? Presumably you've been up to the festival site, and if not, I imagine you, you're going up there. What's been your highlight of the, the event so far?
9: Uh, so, I, the wave didn't exactly deliver this year. I mean, there was a fun evening the other day, it got kind of glassy, but um, yeah, I managed to get up to the festival and see some of the live music last night and um, pretty buzzing atmosphere up there. And. Yeah, my voice is a little bit croaky this morning, at <laughs> a few pints, so, um, but yeah, just try not, try not to get my nose too sunburnt and named, the thing I'm doing. <laughs> That's great. We, we won't take up any, any
1: more of your time this afternoon, Mark, but we're going to thank you for joining us and hope that, uh, again, that you enjoy the festival this afternoon and this evening. And perhaps we'll, uh, we'll see you around as we welcome our next guest into the booth, uh, a true legend of British voice. surfing. Thanks very much, Mark. Cheers, mate. So I'm going to welcome to the booth a true legend of British surfing. I can see Phil wincing as I say that, such such is his humble nature. But this is a man who has been on the scene as long as I can remember. Again, not to age you too much, Phil, but you're definitely seasoned. Definitely seasoned, yeah. Yeah. So you're well seasoned and you've been on the scene as long as I can remember in pretty much every capacity as well, be it a judge, a contest director, a runner and pretty much everything in between maybe even on the mic at uh, one stage or another you've done it all phil and you are one of the constants of british surfing and without your presence at these events so many events throughout the country wouldn't happen and thus so many of the surfers that are competing in this event simply wouldn't be doing that. So before we start, I just want to say a big thank you, Phil, for your contributions to British surfing.
10: Thank you very much. Very humbling. but uh, Sitting here with you is one of my highlights, obviously. Ah, you can't (laughs) answer that question just yet. We get to that at the end. We get to that at the
1: end. And I'd like to pick your brains, Phil, because, like I say, you've been on the scene a very, very long time, often in um, an organisational capacity. You've seen surfers come and go throughout the scene over the years. You've seen everybody for the best part of three decades, I would imagine. How important is it for events such as the Boardmasters to come and offer this platform to up-and-coming British surfers?
10: Uh, you're right, I have been here. Um, I think 1980 was when I first started surfing and my first ever surf comp was I had to run the British student surf champs
11: because
10: whoever won it, we um, were Plymouth Polytechnic and we won it, so we had to host it. There was no sponsorship. So Skewjack First Village was my first ever surf comp, so it was a baptism of fire. but. I remember in those early days the uh, board masters or whatever it was called down here when uh, Tommy Curran was there and Tom Carroll and all those legends and I remember sitting there thinking wow this is insane and I think the first ever comp there was a double page spread in one of the mags, it was perfect lines going out to sea and uh, it was almost like finally big time surfing has come to Britain. And it's obviously gone on ever since then, I think it's the 40th year, or I can't remember what it is, an awful lot of years. But just seeing it come back, I mean last year was special because it was just, uh, everybody from the the UK came out because we couldn't travel. But seeing the the, sort of the foreigners, which gives us an opportunity to really compete against the best, is brilliant to see. And uh, yesterday, as we all know, there's some highlights from the UK crew, but there's also some great highlights from our friends who've travelled as well. So very, very important. Absolutely.
1: You mentioned the importance of our young surfers seeing the those surfers that they aspire to emulate, and those inspirational surfers, Olympians that have competed. Well, like I say in the most recent Olympics in Japan, surfers that are really pushing the envelope on the Challenger Series so important for our, for our young surfers but with such an event uh, WSL uh, WS Alpha on the WQS comes all of this infrastructure, that word we've heard so much about on the microphone today the surfers area has been a particular highlight I know for our young surfers getting to rub, uh, rub shoulders and mingle with all these amazing surfers but more importantly in my eyes is that exposure and experience to surfing under um, conditions that we don't often get in the UK and by that I mean within heat updates using a priority system with the LED board that we can see up by the, the judging and, and commentary booth, how vital is it for young up-and-coming surfers to get a taste of that before they experience perhaps the... Normal, in a normal circumstances, they might experience it for the first time when they go to surf in uh, an event abroad. And it would be very much a baptism on fire. How great is it to have it on our doorstep in conditions that we surf on a regular basis day in day out?
10: Yeah. I think it's really important and I, and I love the fact that all the federations, Scottish, Welsh, English, we're all trying to push it at the local level as well. So whether it's priority, whether it's live heats, all those sorts of things. And I think the Federation is doing their own thing and then coming together under the umbrella is so important. And then they come here, and I remember last year I was, um priority judge and there was probably only four people that took any notice of priority at all it was like one person didn't define and I was like rejoicing um, after thousands of ways but just to see the the travelers coming here and actually seeing that they just they just know and suddenly that's going to inspire our youngsters and not so young surfers to say actually you know this is really really important so just giving them that sort of um, experience when they are then traveling to other continents or other countries it's just absolutely priceless yeah
1: So, Phil, you are in charge of an amazing organisation, Christian Surfers UK, that, as I mentioned earlier, without whom much of British surfing wouldn't exist. Many of the events that are run on an annual basis simply wouldn't exist without the organisation's support. I'd like to offer you the opportunity just to explain to the listeners out there the the purpose of Christian Surfers as an organisation, as you see it, and give us an insight into some of the... Uh, support you provide British Surfing? Uh,
10: Yeah, thanks for that. So I've been involved with Christian Surfers for 30 years now um, and in simple terms there's a bunch of people with faith who are also passionate about the surfing and uh, one of my real passions is to see the development of surfing and if our bunch of 350 odd members who can volunteer at all these events can help support the organisations taking it on then that's got to be good and we've got as an organisation, as, as a charity, we've got no money, but we've got some incredible volunteers. And a big shout out to the sort of 12 or so that have been serving the surfers here this week. Um, and I suppose at the end of the day, it's break down preconceived ideas that uh, actually, actually, faith can be quite exciting. And most of you know me that as a phrase, live life to the full. And it's actually a John 10, 10 in the Bible. And that's how I live my life. And uh, I think it's just brilliant. We see people locally, we see them in Scotland, we see them, you know, Freshwater west of the Welsh and all around. And uh, it's just a great opportunity to, to get to know people. And they don't just see us at our events. We've got the 30th Jesus Surf Classic coming up in September. And another big one, we do the Longwall Classic. Uh, but we're not just at our own events, we're supporting others. And it's just, I love the surfing community, it's amazing.
1: You mentioned two events there, the Jesus uh, Surf Classic, which will be taking place on the weekend of the 17th, 18th of September, yeah. at its usual home of Croyd, North Devon. Yeah. And then there's the Jesus Longboard Classic, which is late in October. First and or, second October. of October. First and second of October, and that's in Colseff. Yeah. Um, and of course you've got the great use of facilities there. At you, you have a tented village of sorts, a, a whole urban I urge any of the service here today, if you haven't entered already, make sure you're entering the Jesus Surf Classic, if your shortboard is your thing, or the Jesus Longboard Classic, if that's more your, your bag. Um, but Phil, just a, a quick insight for you, if, if I may. The, the Boardmasters, as you mentioned, have been around for many a year and, like I say, it's seen surfers of many generations come and go. We've got the WSL supporting us now with the WQS event. I think it's gone down well with them and I hope to see them return next year. What are your insights into this event so far? Obviously the conditions at the moment aren't particularly inviting for our surfers, it's quite small, but we are hoping for an improvement of conditions as the tide turns. This morning, despite the small conditions, our surfers put on an incredible show posting really, really big scores and surfing so, so impressively. Earlier on in the event with BF Goodrich Longboard Pro and the Animal Pro men's and Women's uh, WQS 1000 events, we saw some not just amazing surfing but some amazing surf as well. What's your take on the event as a whole so far this Boardmasters Masters Week?
10: Yeah I know that the, the WSL crew they come over but they also love partnering with us so we provide some two additional judges and a lot of the infrastructure around it and I know that they really appreciate them is just talking to them. Um, Often we don't always get the classic waves that they get in France or Spain or Portugal, but we get an amazing bunch of people who've got a can-do mentality. And a big shout out to Paulie who's you know, he's taken over the mantle of Dave, which has been pretty stressful for him. And uh, there's a phrase, only a surfer knows a feeling, and I'm convinced there's a phrase, only a contest director knows a feeling. And uh, it's a tough one, so you know, whatever we do, surround yourself with people that are willing to do it. And uh, I just know that the WSL will be looking forward to coming back in 2023, and I'll be there. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. I, I spoke to, to Paulie earlier and it's so nice to see someone that is just truly invested in bettering British surfing. He is His sole focus is obviously on delivering an event, but delivering it for the surfers. Every, every decision that he's made so far and will continue to be with surfer focus, surfer centric if you will. And people like uh, Paulie and yourself, Phil, there's many around the country how vital is it to have these volunteers and these people at a grassroots level? Of course, Boardmasters is a substantially bigger event, but at a grassroots level, locally, putting in the hours, often more often than not, in fact, for free, giving up their own time. How vital is it to have these kind of stalwarts of the surfing community? I think
10: surfing, like any other sport, depends on volunteers and uh, what I'm loving to see now is a small grassroots surf club, some have been going for a long time, others have just sort of sprung up doing their little comps and it's purely down to volunteers and I just love it when they come together I'm doing a little junior surf series for Surfing England, five events and that's again giving people the opportunity to compete without suddenly going to this event or the English or the Welsh or the Scottish Surf Championships so it is very dependent and so many people invest so much of their time so I want to say on behalf of the wider surfing community, thank you, and I look forward to partnering with you up and down the country. Now, it it would
1: be remiss of us, Phil, at this junction, not to pose one final question. We won't take any more of your time, I think we have a a bit of an announcement to make shortly, but what's been your personal highlight of this Boardmasters week?
10: Well, I've not seen a drop of rain. (laughs) I've been up for every sunrise, I've been uh, still going every sunset, Uh, and that's beautiful to see, but actually, to me, it's seeing Brit surface competing, you know, on, on a real even platform with all of the travelers, it's fantastic to see it. And I think the future's rosy, and I can't wait to see them progress.
1: Thank you so much, Phil. We're gonna let you go here. Cool. Thanks, team. I'll leave it to Cal and my compatriot to introduce you. We got the compatriots
2: Patrick Lang the Dark and Logan Nickel. Oh, Logan. Uh, how's it going? Hello, so boys, uh, you both pretty much excellent surfers and competing on the WPS tour. How is it having an event in new key like, board masters
1: Quite a muted introduction, Nick. Both pretty much quite excellent servers. <laughs> Goodness me, these I guys had, are really ripping think,
2: I had to think about their
1: level and I Well, I'll tell you what, both <laughs> excellent. We'll, we'll go to Logan first, because uh, I'm hoping that I can get Logan's take on this. So there you go, a, a muted introduction from Callum, but I'll leave you to answer it, Logan.
12: Uh, yeah, it's awesome having an event uh, on Home Turf. It's even better if you do well, which uh, I didn't, but it was great to see. Pat, you know, nearly take it all the way, get to the semi finals it's a huge result in the QS, especially for a British surfer. So, um, yeah, it's great, good vibe down here, and the festival's an added bonus, isn't
1: it? Now, you, Pat's blushing at that introduction from you, Logan. He's got a big rose of cheeks. Michael uh, I don't know, maybe he had too good a time at the festival last night. So, same question to you, Pat.
13: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's sick for sure to have a comp close to home. You get a lot more friends, a lot more support. For me, it's the only comp I get to do with my old man. So yeah, it's just, you're more comfortable, you're like where you've competed since you were 12, 13 years of age down here, so you just, it's really comfortable and it's a nice place to compete,
1: you're so used to it. Now, I'd like to talk a little bit about your running the event pack. So, Thursday evening, semi-final number two, is it? Yeah. I think it's semi-final number two, what a show. Obviously, it wasn't the result that you wanted, but we spoke to Joel Gray earlier and he talked about it. The fight back that you and Joe put on in that heat. Was there a moment in that heat where you thought, I've got to do something, something's got to change? Because you started, you took to the end, the the margins became much finer come the end of that heat. Talk us through what's going through your mind at that moment.
13: Yeah, it's it, it it can be hard in a heat like that when you have a slow start and guys are dropping big scores on you, but... When you get to that stage in an event like this, you know you're going to have to put big scores up and when they come, you it almost can take the pressure off because you think well i just got to go for it now and if it happens, it happens, if it doesn't, it doesn't and I went for it and it, yeah, it didn't quite come off for me but it was sick to see Job fight back and make it all the way to the final.
1: So Callum, in fact don't I go back, you just mentioned that it was sick to see Job make it to the final. Earlier on you said about having friends at the event, Logan's touched upon it and it's so great to look around the surfers area and see such a strong crew of British surfers, both men and women, all joining together, all supporting each other throughout the event, there seems to be a somewhat uh, familial feel amongst you, or perhaps Logan you could talk about the kind of bond that you have with your, your fellow British surfers, fellow British and Irish surfers.
12: Yeah, I mean, um, when we all travel together, you, you end up spending more time with them than you do your, your own family. You know, we stay in the same house, we end up sharing beds and everything together. So, um, you, know, you get pretty close to them and you start knowing each other very, very well.
11: Yeah.
12: <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's great, and you know, to have that sort of support. Even though, if you're in a heat together, you all want to beat each other um, when you are like around the contest and stuff. It's, uh, it's
1: all love and everyone's and support, and so it's a really, really nice feeling. So, so, Callum um, touched upon the importance Well, let the helicopter fly over there a second, because not hear So, Callum touched upon the importance of this event, the Boardmasters in the British surfing calendar. How great is it to have the WSL back on board, making it a WQS event, and well, everybody garnering some really important QS points. Now, Pat. You're somebody that strikes me as someone that will be exactly aware of how this event has impacted your ratings on the QS. Do you know where you stand at the minute and how, how your results have helped you? Uh, yeah, I went up
13: one spot since the last comp, so not what I hoped for, but it's not the worst. And uh, yeah, I wasn't trying to stress about points or anything like that too much this comp. I was just trying to focus on my performance and my heats, which I was happy with, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely know the implications, but I wasn't just trying not to stress about it too much.
1: Okay, so you're, you're aware but it's at the back of your mind, it's a, it's a peripheral yeah. thought. So, you, you mentioned that you went at one place, where are you standing at the minute? Uh, eight. So you're on eight, so you're within the, the, the cut as it stands. And would it, are you, do you have any plans coming up? Are you going down to Lacanau, are you going to Anglet? Uh,
13: yeah, tomorrow night, me, G-Man and Stan head straight down to Lacanau for that comp, starts on Tuesday. And then after that, down to Anglet for the 3000.
1: Fantastic. Well, I know I asked both of you this one because you were both seeded through to the round of 64. How much difference does it make having to skip that initial round? For those of you that are unfamiliar with the way surf contests work, by accruing points over the by, through entering and doing one in the event, you um, garner seeding points which allows you to skip certain rounds depending on who's entered and your current ranking. Both of you were seeded through to the round of 64 based on your previous results. How much of a helping hand does that give you going into the event, Logan? So,
12: it's a funny one, obviously it means you miss a round, um, you're a lot closer to that final. Um, but sometimes it, it can be nice to surf in those early rounds, get a bit of a warm-up, you know, you, you make a few heats, you build your confidence rather than jumping straight into a hard heat, so sometimes it's a, it's a real help and um, other times it's a bit of a hindrance because you end up with a stacked heat straight away, your first heat, um, you've got to be firing from the get-go, so um, yeah, it can, it can play, play both ways, honestly.
1: Uh, and it's, it's so great, in years past, don't get me wrong, British surfing has had some incredible surfers um, over, over the past 30, 40, 50 years. But it's, all of a sudden, it seems to have come to a head and we're seeing, not the odd one, not the odd two, but multiple British names with pretty high seedings progressing through to the next round without having to lift a finger in that event. Obviously, it's not, it's not given freely, it's hard-earned in, in other contests. And both of you travel very widely to compete in these events. You talked about traveling uh, with the fellow British surfers and you all being almost like a family. Uh, how, how do you maintain the motivation to, to keep going? So not, not always results going your way. Lots of the hardships, everybody thinks, oh, you know, you to go and surf and you're in sunny weather in beautiful beautiful places. But it's not all sunshine and roses, is it? Sometimes there's, you have to put in the hard yards. And aside from the contest, there's lots going on behind the scenes. So in addition to all the positive benefits, or the obvious benefits, I should say, What's one of the hardships that we might, as spectators, not be so familiar with? That
13: um, Just the cost, mainly, and the amount of travel and time away you have from home. I mean, for us, it's not really that bad the time away from home because pretty much everywhere is better than Wales for surf. Whoa! <laughs> but um, yeah, just the like, for me, like, I work for my old man, so kind of letting him down and going away a lot and not being able to work. For Logan, like, he's got to get, his boss relies on him to work a lot at home, so it's just, yeah, the financial side and just, like, leaving work to go and compete. So,
2: being professional surfers like yourselves, some of the people on the beach today might not know that you two have to fund your careers yourself. Am I right?
13: Uh, Yeah, we both get some financial help off sponsors but yeah we for the most part we or for me me my family and some of my sponsors have
12: to fund my uh, ambitions and goals on the tour yeah we do both work day jobs but at the end of the day we're funding like the funnest thing in the world we're going to like sunny beaches surfing contests it can be a slog but at the same time it is it is amazing and we're lucky that we have such great families and like you know bosses to support us like that but um but yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's yin and yang,
1: Yin and yang. And you talked, both of you mentioned there about the support, the importance of the support of your families and your, your employers and all of this. And I know you both work really, really hard behind the scenes. If anybody follows Logan on Instagram, it would be fooled into thinking he's a professional gymmer. <laughs> talk us through a, a day in the life of Logan Nickel, Logan <laughs> <of Pinar. laughs> <Pinar.
11: laughs> <laughs> Cheers mate, Uh,
1: yeah just
12: usually I'm working especially through the summer so I can't do the next few events because I'm uh, like really tied down at the surf school so it's just um, basically surf as much as I can if I can't surf I'll be in the gym if I'm not in the gym it's because I'm in work so um, yeah my life revolves around the beach but I wouldn't have it any other way to be honest.
1: So so it's kind of Gareth Bale went another iconic Welsh uh, sportsman. I'm trying to get the order right. It was Wales, Golf, Madrid in that order. So you've got surf, work and gym. Can you give us an order on those please? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh,
12: It's probably surf, gym, work.
1: (laughs) Surf, gym, work in that order. You heard it here first.
2: With uh, you boys surfing and all the events around you, how important coming to Paul Masters is having the priority board and the infrastructure that Christian
13: Beach has um, yeah it's super important I mean all the events with the WQS of the priority boards and uh, all the beach announcement and stuff but I think for the Groms like some of the younger kids coming through this is the first big professional event they get to do every year at home so they just get familiar with competing at this level, with the beach announcement and the priority, and I think it really helps because when they maybe go away to the Euro Juniors or something, they're already comfortable competing in that environment.
1: Because it's a completely different cat kind of fish, isn't it? Surfing with, like I say, the priority system in place with the live beach announcements. Um, you mentioned the importance for the younger surfers to experience that at a young age and in conditions and places that we surf on a regular basis, they day end day out. How, and again, you'll, you'll be used to this having been seasoned uh, surfers on the WQS, surfing against big name surfers on a regular basis, but how vital is it for the younger surfers? We've got some really young surfers in this event and certainly in the QS event coming, uh, coming here rubbing shoulders in the surface area, but also competing against Olympians, surfers that are on the Challenger Series, really pushing the envelope. People that you see in film, surf films and on the internet doing all sorts of amazing things on the waves. How much of a positive impact will that have on junior surfers, Logan?
12: A uh, huge one, um, when you get to see the level that you really need to be at and aspire to. Um, you know, that's that's massive. So um, for these kids and for myself and Patrick, when we used to get to do it, uh, it makes all the difference. And you you see the level you've got to aim for. So um, yeah, we're really lucky to have a, an event on home turf
2: um, and yeah, get to see that, that really high standard of surfing. And um, Pat, making it to the semi-final of this event, how awesome did you feel doing massive airs onto the beach when there was kids up to their knees Cheering you on? Um,
13: yeah, it was cool for sure just that sort of natural amphitheater vibe at high tide It's like it's yeah, you don't get to compete in an environment like that very often So you
2: just soak it all up and enjoy it Awesome and are you looking forward to the festival maybe tonight before you head off to France tomorrow?
11: Uh,
13: yeah, for sure maybe a quiet one just because got few comps coming up so take
1: it easy uh, the consummate professional, and in a similar vein to Callan's question, I'm going to pose the question that we've posed all of our guests in the booth so far. What's been your highlight of the Boardmasters 2022 so far? We'll start with Pat, and then we'll go to Logan.
13: Um, for me, having my old man to come—that swimming because he goons, doesn't surely. get to come too often <laughs> the to these the events—and <laughs> just competing at the high tide with a big crowd and stuff. That's pretty cool. And Logan, same question to you.
14: And we got Jeff Dark to
12: jump in the water too, didn't we? <laughs> Getting to spend time <coughs> with uh, with my dad down here and obviously seeing my best mate make the semi-finals. that's am huge. I'm, uh, yeah, buzzing. Awesome week.
1: Well, boys, we'll thank you for your time that you spent with us this afternoon. It's been insightful hearing from British surfers that are making such a, a big impact on the WQS. And Pat, uh, when you go down to and now big in, Anglais, in the coming weeks, I will ask you in Onglet. I'll be down there. And I wish you all the best, mate, and Logan. We look forward to following your progress. I'm sorry you've got to work the next couple of weeks, but it's a tough life being a pro surfer, eh? (coughs) Jochen
15: (coughs) Wauw. Pro so young. Kerry
1: Behind the scenes at every event, we talked about this with Phil Williams, earlier, really, uh, is a whole crew, an army of people putting in the hard yards to make this machine run in such a slick manner. And one of those people is Kerry Powell, somebody that's been on the British surfing scene for a number of years, and a priority judge at this year's Board masters. Welcome to the booth, Kerry. Hi. Hi. Yeah, so Kerry, for though lots of us uh, within the British surf community, will know of you but for those who perhaps don't can you give us a little bit of background you're from the northeast aren't you originally
16: yeah so um i learned to surf up in Salburn, um up in the northeast there that was my stomping grounds for a few years so i know evan and his dad, Gary, taught me to surf with Nick from Surf Shop. Yes,
1: we found, managed to find another Welsh link there that I get. Well,
16: Powell surname, there's a uh, Welsh course, link
1: there uh, as well. Oh, so goodness. Goodness. So, yeah. another Welsh book session yeah. Um And now living down here?
16: Well, I split my time between Newquay and the Canary Islands.
1: Newquay and the Canary Islands. It's, a, it's also right for some, isn't it? So, Kerry, you've been behind that glass in the... What Uh, termed the greenhouse for the past couple of days uh, sitting alongside us being the priority judge but we talked at length with some of our surfers our coaches our parents all sorts of people in the booth about that priority system we have many events in the uk but very few of them feature the priority system how important is it for the young surfers to get a taste of it here on home soil in uk oh it's
16: super important um it's something that we really really pushed to have, um, and we really wanted to do it, and especially for this this juniors section of the event. Um, we just felt it was really a great thing to have, like you say, try and get a taste for the juniors to, to have it here. Some of the juniors um, are fortunate enough to travel with the, the national teams, do a couple of, like, WSL stuff, but... For some of the homegrown talent, it's one of their only events and they get to, to experience that priority. Yeah. At the moment, it is we are pushing um, and planning to involve that, certainly in the Surfing England events. Um, I've worked with the Scottish Surfing Federation. Those guys introduced it in their national events a few years ago, so I helped go up there and help those guys get their judges trained and get that set up up there. And the guys I know, Tim, at the World Surfing Federation, you know, they're getting it have got it in their events so it's super, super important um, once you go to international events you, you need to know it.
1: So as part of uh, a clogging this well-oiled contest machine, you travel internationally supporting events around the world and uh, how great is it to see these European surfers and these surfers from around the world that perform on such a high level and at such a high level come to Newquay and compete against our youngsters and our, our surfers on, on our soil?
16: Oh, it's fantastic. So, um, obviously, Boardmasters has been running for a lot of years in in one form or another, you know, before it was Boardmasters with the ASP um, and things. So, Newquay itself has always had quite a high calibre of surfers coming to this event. Um, But seeing those junior surfers coming through, we've got quite a few traveling longboarders this year as well. Um, It's just fantastic. So I've just come from Portugal, where we're doing the Europeans. And I know that um, the Federation is certainly Spanish. uh, I've seen some Italian names come over. Quite a few people traveling to come and do not only the WSL element, but also be involved with this junior side as well. And it's just great. Just pushes the level um, at home so much higher.
1: You talk about the performance level going up and I'm going to drag it back to some of the intricacies of priority and and strategies and tactics. Like we've said, although the priority system is being uh, unfilled across the the home nations in in Wales, England, Scotland and uh, Channel Islands, Lots of our surfers are still getting their one or the first or second taste of it here at the Boardmasters. And have you as a priority judge seen a bit more awareness around priority now and surfers becoming perhaps a little bit more astute and um, understanding what they need to do to, not to play the system but to employ it as part of their heat strategy?
16: Oh, definitely. Um, it's such a useful tool for a surfer, a clever surfer, you know, planning their heat and using that um, to their advantage, you know, if they've got priority, sitting with it, using it over the other surfers, especially if they're in the lead towards closing out moments of a heat, you know, it's really, really important to understand that um, and, you know, you do see surfers using it um, as a tool to help them make sure that they, they secure those heats.
1: So we've had a very busy week up in the the greenhouse, running the one thing on the Thursday. we ran like 13 and a half hours of surfing, 53 heats and crazy and over 1,300 waves surfed. So you spent a lot of time in there, Uh, we're now at the kind of the back end of the contest. I can ask you this, what has been your highlight of Boardmasters 2022?
16: Um, I think for me it's just seeing all these surfers coming here on home soil you know with with Covid and Things like budgets and things and planning, you know, we haven't had the WSL here for a few years. Um, I haven't, don't think I've seen so many European surfers really for a long time um, coming. We've also had some people coming over from America, Costa Rica. That for me is just fantastic, you know, and having that on home soil, it's, it's just amazing that we get to do this. You know, it's, it's just, that's the highlight for me.
1: I, say, I, I always think it's somewhat of a, a novelty seeing these the serfs that you mentioned from across Europe from and wider, from further afield in America, Costa Rica, and goodness knows where else, coming and seeing them do their thing in the waves that we serve on a day in, day out basis. It's, it's pretty surreal at times, isn't it?
16: Yeah, it is, it is unreal. And, and over the years, you know, um, I mean, at points in time, boardmaster has been a huge six-star event, so we have had some big names coming through here. And now we're seeing, you know, like Yolanda Hopkins, I'm sure she's going to go, like sure already is making huge waves in the scene. Um, the guys you know when they are coming over from like uh, French Polynesia and, and places and obviously like we have a huge caliber of, of longboarders that come over for it as well. When I'm here it's my back garden so to see those people surfing this wave like that and those names arriving here it's just unbelievable.
1: It's a great insight but like I, I, I don't I hope you don't mind being described as a cog in a well world machine but it's been great hearing your your take on things kerry and some insights i'm just looking out the door and i can see a young man with itchy feet ready raring to go and so i'm going to thank you for your time kerry you're and very
16: welcome it. this is another cog in our machine that's about to step in the booth so yes. he's invaluable too yeah.
1: so perhaps those of you that are familiar with the machine may have guessed who our next guest is but i'll leave it to my co-com and compatriot Callum to do the introductions here. Yeah. No. Thanks, Terry. Cheers. So, just joined in the booth, we've got Gabe
2: Llewellyn, who is, I think, a runner and a competitor in the event.
1: So, so we've talked, Gabe, about the uh, order in which people prioritise certain things. With Logan, it was surf, gym, work. Gareth Bale says Wales, golf, Madrid. A competitor and a runner. One of the, the as described by Kerry, a cog in a well-oiled machine. What's most important to you, bud?
17: Is this in what I'm, when I'm on the comp or just in normal life?
1: Ooh, both.
17: <laughs> well, when I'm just like not obviously not in comp, uh, I prioritize just like. Being active, really outdoors, like skating, surfing, riding my bike, jumping, doing everything. Really, I hate being indoors; it annoys me. Mm-hmm.
1: I like it. It's a refreshing. For those of you groms listening, it's what a refreshing take on things. Not interested in in the technology, then your phone. You're not playing Minecraft on your iPad. You're out there in the real world, surfing, skating, shredding. Gabe, how important is it for the board masters? to welcome these international surfers uh, and become a, now a WSL, WQS event once again. For you as a young surfer, how old are you, Gabe? 16. 16. As a 16-year-old surfer in the UK, how cool is it to see these guys come across?
17: It's just a different standard, really. You see the boys, local boys, they all shred, but when the European guys come over, it's really good to watch. It sort of like, makes you want to go surfing when you watch them, kind of thing. It like, uh like, almost not exposes the sport. sport, uh, What's the word like shines a light on the sport of surfing and makes a lot of people think oh wow that's actually a well good sport I
1: so I, I like this game so you're looking at this from the perspective of someone that not very I would say not single-minded, you're not a selfish perspective, you're thinking of it for the betterment of the sport of surfing in Britain, but I'm gonna ask you to be selfish for a moment, so as a surfer, a great surfer may I add, growing up in the UK, how does seeing these guys surf your waves influence you and inspire you?
17: Uh, I mean it is really good I uh, watching them, like, it does make me inspired to go surfing and then you go surfing and uh, they're, they're, out, they're everywhere. They're just out there. All the pros, you can't catch your wave. I went for surf last night, not last night, a few nights ago and there was this long borders everywhere and I was just landed on people and just... I actually landed on uh, the other commentator. Tom. Tom. <laughs> yeah, landed on Tom. And uh, I think it was Edward Del Perro as well. I uh, chop popped over a guy's foaming and landed on him.
2: Oh
1: so, dear, oh dear.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so. Being a runner in the contest, can you explain your role to us so people understand what it is you're doing? Because you're flat out all day.
17: Uh, So pretty much, make sure everyone who's running the comp is happy. Keeping the judges fed and watered, and make sure that the commentators and contest directors are happy. Kind of just linger about, do stuff for everyone, really.
1: now, Gabe, I'd be interested, interested to put a GPS watch on your wrist for the duration of the contest and see just how many kilometres or miles you can clock up because you are constantly back and forth between here in the surface area and the greenhouse our commentary booth in the r building on the beach. I reckon you must be clocking up half a marathon, something like that. What do you reckon?
17: I mean, definitely uh, yesterday and Thursday, That was uh, they were big days, I would mean. By the, by the end of it, I was absolutely shattered. I'd probably definitely quite a few miles and with the festival on top, uh, even more. So.
1: so have you been up to the festival site?
17: Yeah, I went up last night uh, and going up tonight and the next night.
1: Ah, the, the travel, what are you hoping to see this evening?
17: Uh, I'm not really sure to be honest, just have one around, see who's playing really and like just kind of just if see something good, that's where I'll be.
1: I like it Spontaneity is finest And I'm going to drag it back To the circuit For one more Surfing focus question You of course Get a glimpse Behind the magician's cloth Behind the scenes as, uh, In your role as a runner But putting your Competitor's hat on now The priority system That is in play Throughout the duration Of this event How important is it in your heat strategy and how important is it for you as, a, as an up and coming surfer in the UK to get a taste of it here on home soil?
17: I mean it's really good, it adds another aspect of challenge to the heat and makes it a little bit more exciting, but then it can be your best friend or your worst enemy, so yeah, I mean my first heat I actually kind of used my priority quite well and kept my actually one of my best mates off waves, just yeah. So he did get them, so I would have got through. I mean, it felt quite bad, but it's still a...
1: That's ruthless, game. but in the, I suppose it's cutthroat in sports, surfing.
17: Yeah, I mean, it is cutthroat everywhere. I, I, he needed a free or something, and he could have easily got that. He's a really good surfer, but couldn't let him get away. Okay.
1: So Gabe, I'm going to let you go. I've got someone trying to talk into my ear here. So before you go, highlight of You're somebody that is, like you say, you're back and forth between the surfers area and the commentary booth. You're back and forth between the beach and the festival. You're doing pretty much everything non-stop. Good job. You like being active. What's been your highlight of the Boardmasters 2022 so far? Uh,
17: I mean, on the beach, I really enjoyed being a spotter for the WSL judges. That was a real good insight on like, what actually goes on up in the tower and hopefully have more good times at the festival tonight or
1: the next day. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Gabe. Can I just say, for those of you listening, Gabe is definitely one of the the most important cogs in this well machine. Never without a smile on his face, never without his trademark enthusiasm. So on behalf of everybody, Gabe, thanks so much for your time. Cheers,
17: thank
1: you. Right, guys, our next two guests in the booth, we've got Eva Blackford and Lila Skinner joining Callum and I so girls, I'm, I've, got to be, I've been in here for about like two hours now, and it's very, very warm, so you'll forgive me if I start to forget my words, or, well, like I'm doing now, goodness knows what's going on. Anywho, we welcome you to the booth, I suspect you're fed up of hearing uh, my and Callum's Voices on the Mic this afternoon. You are, I presume, in the event later on today, the Havianas um, Junior event? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Okay, so that's uh, Lila and Eva there. The conditions aren't too promising at the moment, although we do start to see a few lines pushing in now with the turn of the tide, surely you're keen to get out there nonetheless?
8: Yeah, sure. Yeah,
5: it's actually starting peeling, but um, very weak, but at least it's a wave to actually go on. At
1: least it's a wave, that's what we say. And nice and enthusiastic there. Absolutely, and I like the enthusiasm because part of the challenge of surfing in conditions well, Part of the thrill of surfing in conditions like this is the challenge, isn't it? And although it is small and, as you say, a little bit weak at the moment, we are hoping it's going to get better, it is a level playing field, isn't it? So everybody's got to deal with the same conditions. Can I ask, do you have any strategies or or tactics going into your heats later on today? Um,
8: uh, Yeah, I think just have fun and to resurf, really. Because if you're really under pressure, you just feel, yeah.
1: So have fun and free surf, sage advise wise words.
8: Um kinda of just try your best
5: and just hopefully you get a wave.
1: I do love like the attitudes girls, that's exactly what this is all about. A sunny Saturday here at North Listral, what more could you want? And you're all about having fun out there, just trying your best, great stuff. So the, the contest has stretched over the past four days. We've seen the likes of Yolanda Hopkins in the women's draw, we've seen Marco Migno in the men's draw, some big names in professional surfing. Have you been around uh, throughout the week? Um,
8: yeah, I've been here every day watching uh, Lucas and my dad compete. And it's been really fun.
5: Yeah, I've been here most days, just kind of relaxing around, getting like food at the festival, like the chocolate Thank and stuff.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
11: who, has,
2: who has been your favourite surfers to watch during the event? Because I this, you know, you've been in the contest area smiling the whole time. And, hey,
14: Anna, you um, on I'm cell? not really are you sure, guys? really. Okay, are been really
8: great. And I've just enjoyed everything. Oh,
5: Tegan, my sister, and Kika, who's
18: staying at our house. Ah,
1: so you've both you've both got uh, personal involvement in the in the, some of the bigger events, or the the adult events. Um, you, of course, have your brother and your dad in the uh, WQS and the BF Goodrich Longboard Pro. So have you been supporting them throughout the week.
11: Yes.
1: So you, you've been supporting them, and you will be expecting uh, Lucas and your dad to be supporting you big time then as well, right? Yeah. Right. Ok, so plenty of support on this side of the draw and the same for you, you've got, you got Tegan and Kika in, yeah. the, in the main draw, will they be down there shouting to you later on?
5: Uh, I hope so!
1: You hope so? Well, let that be known, Tegan and Kika, make sure you're down to support the, uh, the girls later on. It's very warm, I'm going to have to excuse myself from this room in a minute to go and get a drink cause I, I think I'm about to expire, but girls, what's been your highlight of the Boardmasters this past week? Who have you enjoyed seeing? Yeah. Have you been up to the festival? Have you been uh, listening to music on the yeah. beach? What are your plans for the rest of the festival?
8: Um, just really like, I've just enjoyed watching everyone and watching my dad
11: and my brother
1: well. and uh, being part of it's been really cool because I've been wanting to do it since I was really young. Okay. Ah, so it's been a lifelong uh, aspiration to be here and you
11: are, and i
5: it skinner and... Um, I don't really know, kind of like the sun and just like relaxing around and just how fun it is just to... Experience the event here, and just hopefully we get to surf later.
14: Now, Rob, Rob is having a drink. His uh, his throat has finally managed to catch so it up with mine, so I'm just jumping in for a second. Yeah, yeah. You stay and we're joined by one extra, so we're going to move around a little bit and the seat's caught gone. here so you can jump in the seat there, it's fine. robo you might have to crawl around the back there to get out for a minute oh he's oh, jumped from the frying pan of the fire he's now stood right in front of the postdoc's windows he's got the sun right on him oh yes right So gonna try and refrain from strangling lila skinner with a microphone wire here as we all move around a little bit okay so we've got elder blackford with us as well
18: yeah, I'm, I'm Teagan and I'm Eva's older sister and I'm also competing in the junior event.
14: And Teagan, you've been, you did you posted, uh, you were in the final year last year, were you not?
18: Yeah, I was in the junior and the women's final and last year was super okay. fun. The waves were a little bit bigger, but this year's a lot warmer.
14: You went to El Salvador earlier this year? Yeah,
18: I went to El Salvador and Santa Cruz. What do
14: you think of El Salvador? It's a
18: really cool country. It's um, I was very happy that I didn't have to wear a wetsuit because over here through the whole winter you're in a 5'4 and you're freezing and going and surfing in a bikini is a big change and it's nice to just be able to surf against some really good surfers awesome.
14: in good ways. Was, was that turned into a family holiday like it was for the Betterages?
18: No, my family had to work.
14: So you went on your own?
18: Yeah, I was supposed to be doing exams when the... what exams? My mocks for my A-levels to remember my first year. Mock,
14: A, what subjects do you do? I do
18: maths, physics, and geology.
14: Geology, wow. So what's the next plan then?
18: Um, go to uni and I may do a gap year. I'm not too sure yet, I've got a... I'm hoping to go to America for uni. But
14: somewhere where there's waves?
18: Yes. Waves are a big
14: factor. So you, you, you're doing the common application, it's known as then, to, uh, yeah. to, to go, okay, right. And uh, have you got American Uni in mind? Um,
18: somewhere like San Diego
14: or Santa Barbara, I'm not too sure, yet. Amazing. Cool. Thanks, Grommets. Thanks, Grommets, mums and dads, for giving us the disclaimers. Um, you, you're uh, Hopefully we might see some action for you girls, all of you. Um, let's keep looking up to the surf, let's remain hopeful. And thanks for your time guys, we're going to jump one more guest into the booth, and then we're going to go have a look at where the next call is. Cal and I are going to jump back into the seats. Thank you. So we're going to we're going to finish this broadcast shortly, but before that, as we ho- as we look for the next call, before we do that, um, Cal and I are going to just have a quick few words with Dave Nankerville. And Dave is here from Abu Dhabi at the moment, where you're currently based. And you're an ISA level three judge, so you've judged all over the place, but back at Boardmasters now. And what's your take on things so far? Uh,
15: So, so for me, I think, um, um, so I moved to Abu Dhabi in March, and having. moved out. I think it's really interesting to see this perspective from other parts of the world. I wasn't sure there would be any surfers there, but it's a really good, big surf community. And they watch all the QS series, the WSL, um, ISA Games, the, the Euro Juniors, um, always watching to learn how to, how to get better at surfing. Um, and they also run their own competitions, so I was involved head um, judging the uh, Rip Curl Sunset Open. Uh, Which was in April Uh, as people from all over the world came to that, but I I think the perspective here is that um, I think we're really lucky if you look at the quality of the competition uh, the calls um, the judges Actually, we're really lucky in the UK that we've got such a good range of high-quality Passionate people uh, for, for the judging and also uh, you know you interview people like Gabe who just run around all day making the competition happen. Um, I think as well WSL coming back here is a huge huge um, kudos for the area I, I think. It's you a know, um, shame this year it wasn't videoed but hopefully in future years that'd be really good because then we can uh, advertise that more um, when we're overseas and working with people in the ISA um, and other regions to, uh, to watch what's going on here.
2: Being a ISA judge, how important being in Nuki is it having like the surfers travelling from all over Europe and seeing that standard in, in Uh
15: Yeah, but for, for me, I think um, it's interesting seeing just the different styles. So, so people have come from different waves, different breaks, um, and actually also seeing, you know, I've been fortunate up here helping up Christian surfers, uh, seeing the the athletes, as we call them, uh, up close, there's, the level of professionalism is amazing, uh, you know, they, they, they are athletes, they are fully trained, That they, they do all their exercises, really, really conscious of diet, um, and, and all the other aspects, as well as uh, spending time reading the ocean, uh, to really understand what waves and different sets are doing as they come in and where the best points are to do there. Um, you know, <laughs> their, their, their tricks and turns um, and for me I think that's really really good for, for all the UK surfers just to be able to watch that and learn um, as well as you know fantastic opportunities nowadays with surfing England to go abroad and um, also learn when you go there.
14: And i got one last question before we wrap up. <laughs> What's the surf like in Abu Dhabi or do you have to you have to either go to the Wadi adventures, wave pool in Dubai is it or do you have to drive to Oman, what's the surf like?
15: So, so it depends on the time of year, so, so in springtime um, there are some really decent waves in the Gulf so that's when we held the competition, uh, we had um, really good, probably like uh, fisher on an average day is, is really good surf over there, um, as you say east coast so Fijera, Oman, some fantastic breaks as the uh, swell comes in from the Indian Ocean Um, and and you're right yeah Uh, potential you you know they're like over there they want to build everything big so there is lots of talk of big wave pools and other things coming so uh, very exciting time in that area. Dave Nankerville thanks for your time dude. Thank you.
14: you. Now I'm just going to finish with a massive thanks to Callum Thomas and uh, he's the guy that's been doing these interviews with Rob Cal does a bit of surf commentary with us back in Wales, uh, you helped us do the first ever live stream of the Welsh Nationals, Cal held the fort through the afternoon and uh, well people are on the beach there now, a lot of them are sitting there sunbathing, they're looking at their phones, they want to know more about Cal and Thomas, what have they got to put into their phones Cal?
2: Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Callum Tom 22, and I have
14: a YouTube channel, 22 Media. So is the Callum Thomas, T H O M? Yeah. C A W L U M T H O M 22. Yeah. So if you're sitting there now, cruising through Instagram in the sand, look him up, Callum Thomas, Cal, Callum Tom. 22. and uh, yeah 22 media on YouTube. Cal, thank you so much for jumping in. No problem. uh, Doing a, a great live broadcast on the beach here to take us through these holding periods. We're now gonna pack the stuff up and we're gonna be tracking back down to the main contest control and there'll be a call in 15 minutes.